It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. This is episode four of Up and to the Right for 2017. While there is wonderful diversity that makes up the human race, ultimately how we work falls into three categories. They aren't necessarily good or bad, but it's important to understand that these categories exist, what they are, and how they affect your bottom line. Welcome to Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast bringing you the art and science of business. No buzzwords and no hyped-up trends. Here, we build on your small business passion with sound business principles to transform your business into what you dreamt it would be when you started or realize the potential you see in it today. This episode of Up and to the Right is brought to you by Audible, and they're offering our listeners a free 30-day trial along with a free audiobook of your choice just by going to audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right. Employees represent a large percentage of our cost, and good management is an investment in time. And over the years, I've worked with researchers, salespeople, accountants, managers, production personnel, executives, and many other specialists and generalists. Positions and training have both implicit and explicit consequences, but each individual's ability to contribute is what distinguishes them either negatively or positively. And employees contribute in the capacity in which they're trained and in the amount they choose. So there are three basic categories of work that affect all of that, that affect how employees are able to contribute um, and how they're willing to contribute. And those, that contribution is what we pay them for as, as business owners. And so what are the three, uh, the three categories of work? Well, it's pretty simple, actually. There's work that, the work that makes money, work that saves money, and work that costs money. An example, for example, uh, work that, sa- that makes money, a sales position. Okay, they're out there selling product, generating revenue immediately. Work that saves money is where good operations managers come into play. And they're the guys who are uh, on the production line making things more efficient. And work that costs money are potentially things like mandated activities such as regulatory requirements um, and and, uh, reporting activities. And people can have some of each of these things in their personal portfolio. You know, you might be, you might have somebody who um, has a a direct value-added skill set and also does a little bit of uh, cost savings work and ends up doing some things that cost that cost the company money as well. It's also true that some people gravitate towards work that falls more into one category than another, whether that's a, a personality trait or um, uh, the effect of their environment as they uh, progress in their careers. Uh, that kind of thing, uh, people sort of form, it, they, they grow into some of these categories. And as business owners with limited cash, we're benefited by designing around work that makes money, of course. But you can't ignore the other, the other aspects either. And I'm going to talk a little bit about why and uh, how we can manage these things. And the first thing I want to talk about is, is pigeonholing. And if you're familiar with that term, it's where somebody gets identified with a very narrow uh, 
definition where uh, and and the the term comes from the little places they would put pigeons in um, and I believe it was during the, the carrier pigeon days but uh, basically imagine yourself a, a, a very small square box and you shove your whole essence into that box because that's the narrow focus that you have and so we don't want to we, we want to look at pigeonholing. You can probably think of coworkers from your past or, or uh, people that you work with right now or employees that you have whose entire career fall into one of these categories. You've got rainmakers who can really make the sale. They can go out there and they can, they can really make it happen. You've got really good process managers who can uh, get, on the, get on the production line and cut the time for a step of the process in half and end up with a higher quality result because they just, they've got it down. Um, you've got professional accountants who know every single rule about accounting. Um, and the, the elephant in the room is the people that you've worked with who cost money, but you're pretty sure that they do not add essential value to the business at all. And, and we're going to talk about each of these things, including the elephant in the room, just a little bit throughout this, this podcast. So as small business owners, we don't usually have the luxury of affording people or employees whose sole job responsibilities fall into the third category of costing money. And that does not mean, and I'm, I, I want to talk about this a little bit later, but it's very important to understand that the activities that cost money, there is not a value judgment about that. There's a management understanding about how it impacts your business and how to, uh, how to manage that. And so we'll talk about that. So management versus rationalization. I want to talk a little bit about this. There's a legitimate and important, there is legitimate and important work that falls into each one of these categories. And there are also, and you've met them, people who hide behind rationalization who don't add value and stay at companies forever. And as business owners, we have to figure out ways to avoid uh, that kind of situation and make the most out of uh, or get the best contribution out of each employee that we have. And that's our job. It, it's very easy to say, oh, well, he's not motivated. Oh, well, she just doesn't like her job. Uh, that's, not, that's not something you get to do as a business owner because you're paying them to contribute. And if they're not contributing, that's on you. It may be that the best answer is to let them go. That's still on you. Um, and that certainly would not be my first recommendation. So what do we do as business owners? We manage the tasks that cost money so they consume as few resources as possible um, while they're still effective. And I hope that makes sense. And, and we leverage and encourage process improvements and cost savings. And we focus a lot of energy on the re that results in revenue. And you're probably familiar with the Pareto Principle, which is the 80-20 rule where you get uh, the most value out of the core piece that you do, the 20% that you do. You get 80% of the value out of 20% of the work. Okay. I like to shift that around a little bit for the guideline that we use here. You can get a great deal of value with a little bit of work in both the category two and three, where you're, 
the, the cost savings category and the, uh, or the uh, work that costs money and the work that uh, saves money, both of those categories, um, if you just put 10% of your effort into those things, you can get great results. And as long as you get, as long as you're focused on the right parts of those things, and you can spend the rest of your time on the core activity that you deliver to your customer on your product. So let's talk a little bit about work that costs money. That would seem like a no-brainer to get rid of. Let's just stop doing work that costs money. Well, uh, and, and there's, so it's a rational tendency to say, okay, let's quit doing it and move on. But that can be a mistake. Uh, there is a difference between costing money and not adding value. If there's an activity that you're doing that does not add value to your business, absolutely, you should dump that activity. But if there's an activity that is costing you money that adds value, then you need to consider doing it. For example, we have to account for business. Accounting doesn't save you money, and it doesn't uh, produce a product, but it's a vital function of any well-run business. You do need to do it. Regulatory compliance doesn't necessarily mean you save, you save money or make money, but it can be very critical to your business. If you don't comply with the, the, the uh, regulations, you can get shut down, you can go to court. Um, it could just be morally wrong, which is a whole, you know, a whole different set of, of things. Um, so you want to make sure that, that you don't just uh, completely throw out the idea of anything that costs money as bad, because that would be a mistake. But it's important to recognize whether something adds value. Now, I want to be very clear. I don't sit around categorizing every task I do into one of these three things or every task that's done in my business um, into one of those three things. Uh, In my personal opinion, that would fall into the third category anyway, and it would not necessarily add value. What I do and what I recommend is to incorporate the activity or the process into practical management. Focus on the tasks that make money for your business, and you watch for activities and watch for and identify activities that don't. And you make them more efficient. You outsource them. You stop doing them if they don't add value. Um, But you build into your management process the idea of the 80-10-10 version of the Pareto principle that I talked about, where you're really spending most of your time on core business activities, but you leave 20% of your time or 10% for uh, things that cost money and 10% for things that save money, and uh, leave that time available. You make sure you're focused a little bit on those things because you can make great strides in your business if you just make little investments along the way in those areas. By now, I'm sure you've thought about coworkers you know, friends you know, or employees whose entire work ethic could be dropped into these categories as well. Um, you've got employees that come to work and they make money no matter what thing you assign them to, they're somehow driving, uh, driving the needle up, right? And you have employees that save money. And those people are great to have around because they're, they're always charging for that 
for cutting costs and making things more efficient. And that's fantastic. And then you have employees who always cost money. And for most small businesses, if it's a habit, if, they are, if you have employees that who, are, who habitually cost money, they probably have to go. Um, as small business owners, we generally don't have the luxury of supporting functions that only do those things. Um, and so it's not helpful to your bottom line. It damages the morale of the high performers who see that kind of behavior. And uh, so if they do a task that has to be done, then find a way to improve their effectiveness and, uh, and find ways to incorporate that into their workflow some of the other elements, things that make money and things that save money. And that's your job as the, as the owner and as the business manager. It's our job to make sure that all of our, our coworkers are able to contribute uh, at a high level of, of performance and, and contribute to the bottom line. The work we do in business, like I said, is categorized into three basic groups. Work that makes money, work that saves money, and work that, work that costs money. And so as you go through uh, what you do, just start incorporating it, that into your lexicon and, and into your thinking and use the now modified 80-20 rule to the 80-10-10 rule and make sure that you're spending 80% of your time, give or take, on activities that generate revenue. And, but do spend some time on things that save money become more efficient, cut costs, uh, things like that. And uh, lastly, uh, things that cost money but are required activities, make sure you're focused on the requirement part. If something's costing you money and you don't see a direct relationship to your revenue, look at it and say, is it really critical to my business? If it's not, then I would recommend really thinking about getting rid of it because that kind of thing, uh, there's no reason to throw that money away. And in keeping with uh, keeping things lean, the book this month or this week, excuse me, is The Lean Startup by Eric Reese. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, uh, I would highly recommend it. If you have read it and you don't remember what it's about, read it again. Um, it's it's a really good uh, philosophical change uh, from the past way that people did things, uh, you know, where we would get do a product development and we'd get all the way to, the, to a shiny, polished, perfect, or what we thought was perfect product, and we'd release it to the, to the market, uh, whether the market wanted it or not. And what they've done, what the, uh, Eric Reeses has uh, written about is the concept of the minimum viable product. So instead of putting out the perfect product with all the bells and whistles, you put out the core baseline product, the, the least amount of work that you can put into it that you think someone will pay for, and you offer it to a marketplace. And you get feedback from that, and then you do what's called iterate, which means you now you take version one, and you take the feedback and you modify version 1 to version 1.5 or version 1.1 if you want to just keep smaller numbers. 
and then you release it again and you get feedback and you build on that. So every step of the way, you're getting feedback that drives your product development rather than making stuff up and hoping that someone's going to buy it. The other advantage here is that you're always selling. So instead of having two years of product development where you have no idea what if, if people are going to buy it, you only hope they will, and you have no revenue, you're, you've released the minimum viable product and you're at least getting some revenue as you build the product to the next level. So you're able to get to revenue much faster uh, and get customer feedback much faster. Uh, so each step gets you closer to products that your customers really want versus what you think they really want, and it conserves your resources. So it's a, a great book, and for listeners of the Up and to the Right podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free copy of The Lean Startup or another audio, audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right for your free audiobook. Thanks for listening. The Up and to the Right podcast is released each week, so subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Please help us help more small businesses by leaving a positive review wherever you've listened to the podcast. Like you, we're always working to have a more profound impact, so if there's something we can do better, please email us at fix.it at b50p.com. For more helpful ways to improve the performance of your small business, please visit us at beyond50percent.com. Now let's roll up our sleeves and get to work.